Welcome back to New Man in the evening. We're discussing estate planning. My guests, Harry Joffe and Gordon Stewart. You can email me on brian at bdtv.co.za. I'm not going to go to the email just yet. I want to just talk a little bit more about this. Anyone watching this program, probably, you've got to think carefully if you understood what Gordon and Harry had to say about taking on the role of a trustee. <coughs> uh, I'm thinking now, you know, just think of the problem that, if the, you know, you talk about immovable property that's not insured. Remember, it's not your friend who you're a trustee for, but children ultimately have a have a say ultimately when uh, the maybe the settler passes on and then obviously children come in of age and they then start to have a look back and you've got and, and there's no hardly any upside to being a trustee but harry let's just talk a little bit about esg yeah i mean that's a new category which is now starting in the uk the cases where the trustees aren't following the esg principles properly in their trust so in other words they're investing funds in non-esg friendly companies and they're being sued for not uh, following esg and on the other side, some trustees have been following ESG principles, investing money in funds that are ESG compliant but aren't performing maybe as well because obviously they exclude oil companies and they're being sued now for not getting the top performance. So it's a very tricky minefield for a trustee on the ESG side. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, Brian, you, you've mentioned this before, if you're as a trustee and you get sued, you know, you can't always expect the trust funds to cover you. If you're being sued personally for maladministration or something like that, you have to cough up those legal fees yourself potentially and it it's very, very risky to be a trustee. Well, thank you for that. Gordon, we're going to go to uh, Cyril in Camps Bay. He says, our funds in the trust, and I'm just waiting for the, the full email to come up, um, and as the trust, as I cannot transfer directly from a trust offshore, I'm going to distribute 10 million to my wife and a further 10 million to myself. These funds will be coming from capital and not income. My first question is, do I have to pay any tax? My second is, once I transfer it offshore, can I transfer it back into foreign trust so that I do not create a bigger state duty problem for our children. Gordon? Okay, excellent, Brian. So, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward and common transaction that we see where individuals will transfer money out of their trust back into their own hands. And maybe if I can just touch on a point here, because this is one of those points which is debated at length. Should I take a loan from my South African trust or should I take a distribution? And, and it's kind of split 50-50. I go for the distribution because my overriding concern is that if you take a loan from your South African trust in order to invest offshore, that loan from the trust is a liability in your estate. And if you do not have sufficient assets to be able to settle that loan back to the South African trust, then the, the risk exists that the executor is going to have to call up the funds from offshore in order to settle. So in other words, it's just done a complete loop and, and it's been a bit of a waste of time. But to come back to Cyril's question, uh, the first part of his question, the answer is no. So pure capital, which should not be confused with capital gains, is not taxable when it's received by a beneficiary. And then the second part of his question is yes, he can lend the funds to an offshore trust via an interest-bearing loan. Just remember that loans to offshore trusts are governed by Section 31 and not Section mm -hmm. 7C. Um, so the loan and the interest rate can be denominated in a, in a foreign currency. And then just to take it that one step further, if you have made a loan to the offshore trust, then Cyril and his wife, well, what they would probably want to do is bequeath the loan to the surviving spouse so that they, they can still make part of the Section 4Q. And then on the death of the surviving spouse, they should just bequeath the loan back to the offshore trust. 
Before I was waiting Harry to come in, mm. it just goes to show why the point you made earlier on, so important from on a regular basis to talk to a professional estate planner because these are all issues that people don't think about. Sorry, Brian, I've got to jump agree, in. Do you agree with uh, Gordon? I agree with Gordon, but I've just got to jump in. There's, uh, Gordon said, made the point about the loan from the local trust to the South African with that liability. Of course, if you're going to do that, there's a nice opportunity for a life insurance policy because if you've got mm -hmm. that liability, you want that to be insured. So you don't have a problem when you die that your foreign estate gets caught on to pay the local funds. So there you would just take an insurance policy. The trust could take mm -hmm. the insurance policy on your life and that would be structured to minimise estate duty. You get the premiums plus 6% exemption to cover that outstanding loan. So just an opportunity mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, Harry, Bavesh in London says, I'm now living in the UK. However, I do have property in South Africa, which I'm not sure if I sell, should sell or rent out. I've been away for over a year. Do I still have to file tax returns in South Africa? And what is your view? I right. mean, is it a problem if you rent out the property? In no, the so we're getting this question all the time now. And I think we've got to make the conceptual point. There's a difference between being tax resident in South Africa and being a taxpayer in South Africa. The two are very different. So this example of our viewer here, he's left South Africa. I'm assuming he's left with the intention of not returning and he doesn't spend the, t the amount of time in South Africa to make him a tax resident. So he's not tax resident in South Africa. That means he doesn't pay tax in South Africa on his worldwide income. You know, so if he's earning income in the UK, if he's got an investment somewhere, he doesn't pay tax in South Africa on that. But if he's got what we call South African sourced income, and this is a classic example, he rents out his property, so he's earning rental from South Africa, that's a South African source-based income, he will still pay tax in South Africa on that rental. So he'll still have to remain a taxpayer, but that doesn't make him tax resident here. It just makes him a taxpayer on his locally sourced income. And you'll find you'll pay tax on rental, maybe interest, depending on the double tax treaties be between South Africa and the country you're living in. And that's the concept to, to be very clear. Tax residency means you pay tax in South Africa on your worldwide income. If you're not tax resident but you're a taxpayer, you pay tax only on your South African sourced income. And, w and, and what rate would you pay it in South Africa? On and the normal scale. It is normal scale. You put your money and on then, the scales and, and you pay the tax. Gordon, any comments? Yeah, just one thing. I'm just thinking of a capital from a capital gains tax perspective. So if Bavesh, if the property that he's talking about is his primary residence, um, you know, there's a period of time in the eighth schedule mm. that SARS will give you where if you're not residing in the property, they'll still allow you to consider it and they will treat it as your primary Yeah, that's two residence. years, Gordon. That's two years. Three but Two. if you start mm. extending past that period, yeah. um, then you're not going to get, or you may get a pro rata portion of the primary uh, residence abatement. So again, yes, you know, correct. if he's thinking of selling, then maybe he should rather sell sooner than later. Did I hear two or three years? Two years. It's two years Two years. you've got to do it. But the thing is as well, what's interesting about property, you know, the minute you break your South African tax residency, Gordon raised capital gains tax, you're deemed to have sold all your South African capital assets and it's an immediate capital gains trigger. So that's the exit tax when you break your residency. Property is not part of that because property <coughs> is, uh, there's a withholding tax in South Africa. And, uh, you know, if you're resident or if you're not resident, you still pay tax on South African property, capital gains tax. And there's actually provision in the Act where the conveyancer withholds the tax if you're a foreigner before they let you take your, your sale price out. So it'll be interesting. And Gordon's right, if he's within the two-year period, let him sell it if it's his primary residence. But even if he's not, he must know he'll still pay the CGT in South Africa irrespective. Yeah. 
Gordon, uh, John in London says, we've been living in the UK for over 30 years, but have never immigrated. We've always used my late mom-in-law's address in South Africa, who passed away two months ago. Our official status in South African citizens living abroad. Having a South African address means that we can have a bank account and still get a South African passport. We are tax and FICA compliant. Is this all necessary or do we have to officially immigrate? It's a, it's a difficult question to answer, Brian, because I think it depends on what John is wanting to achieve. So yeah. I think let's get the easy one out the way, and that's to do with the passport. Uh, passport is linked to citizenship and not to tax residency. Um, so I mean, give myself as an example, I was born in the UK and we left when I was two, but I'm still a British citizen and I've still got a British passport. I think if he wants to <laughs> retain the bank account, uh, John talked about FICA, um, compliant, a lot of that is going to depend on the bank um, and what they will require in order to keep the bank account open. But, you know, it's it's a difficult question to answer because it's not quite sure what John is wanting to achieve. If he wants to yeah. cease to be a South African <laughs> resident and, and, and immigrate, well, then he must go the same route as everyone else and just cease to be a South African resident. I think there's a lot of confusion about, as you say, citizenship. <coughs> and your right to citizenship as compared to being tax resident. And immigration, I mean, Brian, because as we said, you can't immigrate officially anymore like you used to be able to. It's now it's tax immigration or not. So you're either a tax resident or you're not a tax resident. But you don't immigrate like you used to. So that doesn't... Mm. That, 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 doesn't that process ended yeah. 2021. Okay, we're going to try one more email, Harry. Chris in the US says, there's great uncertainty from many South Africans who live and work abroad. They can no longer just tick a box on this year's tax return saying that they are no longer tax residents. They are therefore exempt from paying tax in this country on the income. Would you explain? I think you've already explained. Yeah, that's, so that's not really correct. So the position is, even if you, you're either tax resident or you're not, if you're not tax resident and you've got income from a South African source, you'll still pay tax here. If you are tax resident, you'll pay tax on your worldwide income. And let's so sneak one more into Gordon. Jacob in Darrenwood says, I hold shares in South African plan to immigrate to Australia. If I continue to hold the shares, do I only pay CGT on the sale of the shares? If I do not have any income in South Africa, will I pay CGT at a lower rate? Gordon? Okay, so I'm going to start off by making the assumption that uh, Jacob is, the shares that Jacob's talking about is not in a property-rich company because... Mm. That's also, in other words, where the majority of the assets are in the company are removable properties. Look, ceasing, and I think we've just touched on it now, but ceasing to be a South African tax resident is a deemed capital gains tax event. So, for example, if Jacob immigrates to Australia, that is the capital gains tax moment. So okay. it's not at a later stage, which I think he was alluding to, where he says, if I've got income in South Africa, I'll pay a lower CGT. Um, so the yep. CGT will be paid when he ceases to be a South African tax resident. And then thereafter, the share certificate will be stamped as a non-resident, meaning that no capital gains tax will be paid in South Africa when the shares are ultimately sold. Brian, please, to all listeners, don't immigrate to Australia. That's <laughs> a country that can play rugby properly and cricket <laughs> yeah. properly. Well, now the New Zealand playing rugby. I must tell you, I never get through all the emails when I have you two guys on the program because you put so much effort and time into the program. Guys, thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you, Brian. Putting Thank together an estate and financial plan with the help of advisor is the foundation which guarantees your loved ones will be able to pay off any liabilities and be able to survive financially in the years ahead. The biggest problem facing executives is where to find all the documents. And my question tonight is as follows. 
if you did not wake up tomorrow morning, would your family be able to find everything required, starting with a will and list of assets? With everything in the cloud these days, would they know passwords, bank accounts, details, just to mention a few? Once again, Harry Gordon, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Brian. Gordon, I look forward to seeing you, welcome you one of these days back into the studio. It's important to note our program tonight is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll be dealing with financial planning, and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching, and good night.